Father, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you for time around your word. Every time that we can get into uh, your word, we thank you that we know that we are headed for growth. Every time we receive your word, every time we do your word, we thank you that it inspires growth in our life because our faith increases. And as our faith increases, we grow spiritually and we can obtain all that you have set aside for us. And so we thank you and we praise you for this opportunity. We take it lightly. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the work that you do to reveal the word of God. They will be here on Saturday, November the 20th. Even if you're not a someone and no obligation, no, it's free. You don't got to bring your checkbook with you. Just come and sit and uh, just learn some because uh, they'll teach you as you go as well things that maybe you haven't thought of so just direct message us you can get in contact with us send us a message on our website we'll put you in for one of the appointments that we have available it runs from saturday from 9 a.m until it can go as late as 8 p.m and so uh, if you are interested uh, just direct message us also uh, if you are interested in joining forward financial group uh, steve will be uh, meeting with everyone and we're going to see it looks like they can have the meeting at 6 p.m. And so if you're interested 6 p.m. right here, Steve will uh, go over what's required to join the company. It's a great how less amount of hours you want to work. So the least amount you want to work, uh, it's up to you. There's no, oh, you have to meet quota or anything like that. Uh, but it's something that can really help you towards financial and it helps you help others because really that's what you're doing. I was excited to get my plan and I know many here uh, are excited about their plan and to see uh, the light at the end of the tunnel, you know. Uh, sometimes you think, oh, this is going to be a long 30 years <laughs> when you sign on that paper. You're like, I better enjoy this house. Uh, church was 6.99 years and so that's pretty amazing. So uh, I encourage you, if you haven't signed up and you want to, just direct messages. We'll get you on the schedule. Glory to God. All right. So team, be ready for that. Uh, we're going to do some songs of, uh, of thanks, and uh, we'll also do uh, some uh, praise and Worship, and then I want to hear from you. So come prepared. You know, bring your little speech of thanks uh, to God if you have to prepare it. Uh, but just come ready just to say a few words to thank God publicly for what he's done specifically for you this year. Uh, I'm sure that God has done some things <laughs> to have you here with us. Glory to God. All right, so tonight, um, as the year is closing, uh, it's something that I typically do for myself. And uh, as I was preparing for myself to sit and do this, uh, a message came out. And so I said, well, let's just do this together. Uh, as you're closing out the year, we still have some year left. We're not done yet. 
I'm not going to try to speed up the year any more <laughs> than it's already going, uh, but it's going pretty fast. Uh, but in this time, it's I get real. Um, I, this is the time where I do a lot of reflecting over the year uh, because I know I need to plan uh, for the next year. And I was taught you never. Reflection is pausing to let the lessons catch up to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mistakes I made this year, next year. And I want to do the same things I got because uh, I, I did an exercise one with one of my mentors about a timeline of your year, of your year, of your life. And it said, on that timeline, uh, just write from the time, the significant moments in your life, just write them in, okay? The day I got saved, specific moment, right? Fill with the Holy Spirit, because we're Christians, put that in. Maybe that job that I finally am working in my pur purpose, put that in. The day I bought my house, the day my child, was born all these significant things that occurred in our life and he said find out what was going on in your life during that time so this was back in uh 20 probably 2017 when i did this so i went he had us for the purpose of the call one year back and it was pretty amazing to me what 2016 was a very big uh defining year for for me personally uh, that was the year we bought this building. That was the year I bought my first home. That was the year uh, that I was certified by the John Maxwell team. That was the year that I was ordained as a pastor. So many things. <laughs> so many things happened in one year. And, and when I, so he said, now look back and see what happened in that year. It was just one year before that, 2015, in May, that I was sitting in a chair wondering, what are my dreams? <laughs> it was May of 2015 and heard a message uh, and someone mentioned the investment they made in themselves for personal growth. And that just sparked some interest in me, but I didn't do anything with it until January of 2016. Once I did that and took that step, everything else started happening. And so I, I looked to see, okay, what was I doing? What was my frame of mind? And he said, that's a good exercise to do. And that's what I do this year. So for 2021, what's happened? What were the things that took place? How did that come about? What was my frame of mind and what did I do? Most of the time you'll find you took a step of obedience, right? You obeyed God and did what he told you to do. And so you can learn from that and carry that over, that mindset over with you. Or maybe you made some mistakes and you learned from that. And then you say, I'm not going to do that. And so as I reflect, I take November and December to do that before I plan. And so I was thinking about how I have my appointment, my annual exam at the doctor's coming up in May, you know, and you, I, I think in advance because me and the doctor have this love-hate thing. <laughs> Not that I hate her and she loves me. That's not what I'm saying. But we have this whole conversation thing that we go back and forth on. And so I prepare mentally just to see her. Um, love her, but just have to prepare. And so make sure I'm doing the right thing, you know, because I got six months, you know, or whatever to fix things and get things right. And so I was thinking about that. And so when I was sitting down, the Lord was like, all right, let's do your spiritual exam. <laughs> Ever do a spiritual checkup? <laughs> yeah. 
Now's the time. Now's a good time to do a spiritual checkup. So I was sitting down and I was thinking of the times that, you know, sometimes it's not fun going to the doctor. You know, the questions that they ask you, uh, you know, they're trying to find out how you're growing, how you're developing, you know, what your diet is. <laughs> what your activities are. You know, my doctor asked me, do you go out for 15 minutes every day in the sun now? That's a question. Or you fill out that little paper that says, over the past two weeks, have you sometimes, always, or never felt depressed? You know, we all know the surveys we fill out at the doctor. And so they ask a lot of questions. I remember we had some fun times going to the doctors when the kids were young. Kev always got yelled at because he didn't eat his vegetables. <laughs> he, he, he always, you know, the doctor would say, you know, so does he eat his, and I'd just get quiet. Like, you could talk to him about that. I've told him. And so uh, it was always fun uh, going to the doctor. I didn't go a lot to the doctor besides that one-year exam, but, like, when they were sick, you have so many experiences. And so, you know, parents, you bring your kids to the doctor, and you're like, they are, like, deathly ill. You know, at home, they're laying down, drooling, fever and everything. You give them Tylenol, you bring them to the doctor, and they're running around the waiter room like crazy person. And I'm like, dude. I remember one doctor's office, they had a fish tank, and Liz is all banging on the tank. And I'm like, I just told them you were sick. <laughs> I'm trying to get you some antibiotics. You know, lay down and pretend like, you know, like you were at home. And so uh, then I decided, okay, fine. This ain't going to happen again. It kept happening every time. So it ain't going to happen again. So I said, you got a fever? I'm not giving you Tylenol before we go to the doctor anymore. So I didn't give her Tylenol. And so we go in there, and the doctor, the nurse comes in, and she takes the temperature. She's like, oh! I mean, runs out, takes Elizabeth's shirt, brings cool cloths. It's like 102 fever. I'm like, this is what I tried to tell you the last time. <laughs> and she's all discombobulated. Five staff come in, move me out of the way, give her a popsicle, juice box. Oh, okay. I'm like, this is what I deal with every time I've told you she's been sick. But when she comes, I give her Tylenol. It goes down. You know, we have such fun at the doctor's office as parents. <laughs> Just a lot of fun. And so, uh, you know, you try to tell them, I, I called you three days ago and you told me, oh, bring her in a few days, you know. But at the doctor's office, they do have a job. They do have a purpose. And they are there to assess, you know, your, your health. And, and they'll even ask you, are you in an abusive relationship? How are you mentally? They want to make sure that everything about you is okay in that, like, 15 minutes that they have with you after you've waited, you know, your 45 minutes in the waiting room or in the ice-cold exam room. So when we get older, they still ask us questions about growth and uh, health and all of those things and uh, all the questions they, that they ask at different phases of our lives. So I was thinking that uh, those questions help them gain insight into us. And so if we ask those questions for our spiritual checkup, then it will help us gain insight and know where we are and know the areas that maybe we can improve on or that we can celebrate and say, this is, this, I know I'm on the right track here. And so that's what I want to do tonight. So for those of you who are watching us as well, uh, you know, just ask yourself these questions. This is not an exhaustive list of the areas that we should check up on or check in on. But this is a pretty good list uh, for a healthy Christian life. So this is our spiritual checkup. So number one, 
And, and sometimes as pastors, I feel like we repeat ourselves a lot. <laughs> but I've been listening to other pastors, and I'm like, you said that last week. So, okay, so it's because we need it. <laughs> we need it, and, it's, and that's our foundation. So this is nothing that you have not heard before. It's all stuff we know that we should be doing. But here, we're going to ask ourselves these questions. So over the past year, how much time have you spent daily in the Word of God? First question, every day. Daily in the Word of God. And I don't mean reading and sharing pretty memes on Facebook <laughs> or social media, you know, that have verses on them. Those are all good. Those are extra, though. Those are not our reading. I mean, how much time per day do you open the pages of your Bible or your Bible app to purposefully sit down and study the Word of God? Because the more in, we engage with the Word of God, the more we're going to grow spiritually. Uh, and, you know, we have our Bible reading app that we do, which is only a few minutes a day, but that's a good start for someone who has never read the Bible. That's where I tell people to start. Start one day, one time a day. It's nice to see that check. You know, some people need that. If you've never read before, that's a great place to start. If you've read before, we read it together because it's a community thing. I love reading together, but I better be, as a pastor, reading more than that per day. Don't you agree? <laughs> well, I agree that you should too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, someone, well, how much do I need to read? How, you know, how long do I need to read? Well, it depends on how much you want to grow. Because I don't care. My granddaughter Nina has on our door uh, in her room, Eric marks off her growth there. I think there was been some cheats, you know, on it, you know, like tiptoes and, you know. But she, she, like, sometimes she'll come over and, like, the next day she goes in there, okay, let's see. I'm like, it's just, this was when she was young. I'm like, you haven't grown. It's been like 20 minutes. You're still the same height. But she just wants to see that growth like really fast. Well, that doesn't happen in the natural. But I can tell you it can happen spiritually. Our spiritual growth can be exhilarated if we'll spend time in the Word of God. There are individuals who have quarantined themselves in the Word of God for like, you know, eight months and that's all they did or, you know, three months or three weeks. You, can't, you come out of there at a different level. You cannot stay with the word of God that long and come out the same. And so you can accelerate your growth. You can do that. Uh, so Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3, I'll read it out of the Amplified. It says, blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Is the man who walks and lives, not God said it, I didn't, in the counsel of the ungodly following their advice, their plans, and their purposes, uh, or, nor stands submissive and inactive. There's a teaching right there. In the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest, where the scornful and the markers gather. But his delight and desire, remember it says this is the blessed man, his delight and his desire are in the law of the Lord. And on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. And he shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. 
Now that is a blessed man. That's a blessed man. And so it talks about, the, the Bible confirms it. This is growth. This scripture talks about growth. It talks about how he's steady and he stays in the word of God. And his life is flourishing. The fruit that his life produces is flourishing. And I tell you, the fruit our life produces is always in season. It never goes out of season. Hallelujah. Glory to God. A tree bears fruit when it matures. Some trees don't produce anything for the first two, three years. <laughs> Some trees, like a plum tree, I had to look this up, plum tree starts to bear fruit within three to six years. See, that would not be the tree for me to plant because I would be mad. <laughs> I would be out there by the fourth year going, I'm taking you down. <laughs> you, I'm cursing you like Jesus cursed the fig tree because I'd, I'd expect something. If I'm going to plant a tree, I want fruit today. <laughs> and so that's why I don't plant trees. But uh, when we study and meditate on the word of God, we grow. And you may, you may not see it. So see, uh, have you ever not seen a relative for a long period of time and they're like, oh, you're so big, you've grown. And your parents are like, no, she hasn't. Well, because they've seen you every day. But you may come out of the room and think, well, you know, I, I did my time with the Lord and I'm being faithful to it. And, but your pastor sees it. Ooh. There's such growth in that individual spiritually. Or maybe your friend or family member, wow, they're changing, they're growing. It's noticeable. It really is noticeable when we are bearing fruit and when we're growing. Hallelujah. And everything you do will prosper, which is awesome. So when we study and obey the word of God and meditate on it, we grow. And then Romans 1.17 says, we as believers live by faith, and faith comes by consistently hearing the word of God. Not the message from two weeks ago, but consistently hearing the word of God. So spending time in the word is not optional for us as believers. It's required. It's required. Uh, we as believers also need to renew our mind every day, and we do that by spending time in the Word. We see that in Romans 12 too. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The Word of God is the only thing that has the power to help us change the way we think. Even when we change our words, they need to align with the Word of God. I mean, that's what we're doing. When we change what we say, we say what the Bible says. And so that's the way to do it. Hallelujah. We can't get victory over strongholds in our life. You know, those walls of resistance in our minds. We can't get victory over them in the natural. That victory comes from the word that we get on the inside. That's how we do it. Now, for a time, some people might be able to do some things, you know, in the natural, positive psychology, you know, these kind of things. That doesn't last, though. <laughs> you got to keep keeping yourself psyched up, don't you? If it's grounded in the word of God, it will never fail you. It will never fail. You'll always be anchored to something that's bigger and stronger and more powerful than you if you'll stick to the word of God. But you got to get it in you, right? Every day we study that. So uh, let's see. So how much time, that's the question, do you spend daily in the word of God? And 
to, to break it down even simpler for you, is it a glance now and again? <laughs> is it 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, maybe once a week, or does Sunday count? <laughs> you know, how many? There's an answer to this question, and only you and I can answer it for ourselves. Amen? I can't tell you, I know how much time you should. No, you've got to answer that for yourself, right? And so if we want to grow, we have to make the Word of God a priority in our lives. Okay, so that's one. So number two, nothing new. Over the past year, how much time have you spent praying every day? Now we just had a nice conversation about uh, prayer, a consistent, daily, consistent prayer life. So we're not going to talk a lot about this, but prayer is essential to live an effective and victorious Christian life. Prayer is essential. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's God's will for us to pray without ceasing. Some say, uh, never stop praying. Never stop praying. It's okay to have other, others pray in agreement with us. That's okay. The, the, that's one of the ways we can have, uh, you know, prayer. But uh, that part, you know, it, part of our Christian walk, it's great for the agreement, but there's nothing like praying for yourself. <laughs> nothing like praying for yourself. Uh, you know, that's part of our Christian walk, that is. Uh, if you're not praying for yourself consistently and developing, uh, first the word will develop the faith of God in you, right? Because faith comes by hearing. So if you pray in line with the word of God and you're praying for yourself consistently in faith, when someone else asks you to pray and agree with them, you'll be in a better place and you'll have faith in your faith to pray for them and stand in agreement. Otherwise, if you're always having somebody else pray for you, your faith is really in their prayer. Your faith is, I got faith that you are a prayer. And you are, right? You are. And so that's great, but it's time for me as I grow up spiritually, if I want to grow, to start praying for myself, right? Right. And, 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 and to develop and grow in faith. That's why God tells us, you have the God kind of faith. And so we can pray and believe. And then he says, pray. He tells us all these steps in the word. But if I will pray for myself and start seeing things happen as a result of my own prayer, then I'm more apt when you say, can you agree with me? Yes, <laughs> I've got faith in the faith of God in me. Let's pray. And so now you'll be able to pray for others. Make it a habit to pray. Praying is so important because it's going to... Uh, this is hard to hear, and I heard this, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> a believer who doesn't have a consistent and purposeful prayer life, prayer life, like making time to sit down and pray, will live a powerless life. If we aren't praying, we're living a powerless life. You go from fire to fire, putting them all out, battle to battle, right? And it will deplete your energy and your power. And if you look in James chapter 5, verse 16 in the Passion, it says, confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another and then pray for one another to be instantly healed. Then it says, for tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. 
One translation says uh, that uh, it makes tremendous power available and it's dynamic in its working. And so we release the power of God in our lives when we pray especially when we pray according to the word of God. So if I'm going to pray according to the word of God, number one, I have to spend time in the word, right? So a believer spends time praying every day. And part of that time, as a believer, we should spend time praying every day. And part of that time should be spent praying in the spirit or in tongues. It's natural for a believer to do that. We see that in Jude. It only has one chapter, verse 20. It says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. I'm so grateful that I can pray in tongues. Aren't you grateful? Because I don't have a lot of words sometimes. I run out very quickly <laughs> of words in the natural. So I thank God for the gift of tongues, that we can pray in tongues. Hallelujah. You release God's power in your life when you pray on purpose and with purpose. So ask yourself the question, how much time am I spending praying daily? Is it a quick to God in the morning? <laughs> Good morning. I'll see you later. Yeah. Or is it, you know, just to acknowledge that he's alive? Like, I know you're there. Nod of the head. Is it three minutes? Is it 10 minutes? Is it 30 minutes? Is it an hour? Well, how much time do I need to spend? Well, how close do you want to get to God? <laughs> right? Right. So that's the second one. So then the third, over the past year, and these are questions I'm asking myself. So while I was doing this, I said, well, I'm gonna, this is a message. I could turn this into a message. Everybody can, uh, can get something from this. We all should do this. So over the past year, how would you rate your witness for Jesus on a scale of one to ten? <laughs> Jesus said, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. And of course, he was standing in front of this group of people, so he said, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. There we are, right? So how many people have you talked to about Jesus over this past year? That's a good measure. That's something good to measure. How many times have I had a conversation with someone about Jesus? In John chapter 13, verse 35, it says, Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Is the way you treat your family, friends, or even strangers, people you interact with on social media, proving that you are a disciple of Jesus this year? Do your coworkers know that you're a Christian? Not just because you tell them, but because your actions and your words show them that? How would you rate your love walk? This is all about being a witness for Jesus, isn't it? I think sometimes we use the excuse, well, we're all a work in progress to get out from under this responsibility. That's not an excuse. That's, we are all a work in progress. Yes, we are. But you do realize that the word work and progress depicts action. <laughs> it depicts a moving towards something. It's activity. It's not just, well, I have my feet up, and one day when the moon and stars align and everything is good, I'm going to be good. I'll be fine. Or when Jesus comes, because, you know, I'm just a hot mess. So I got a lot of problems. When Jesus comes, it will all be fine. It'll be fine. 
It'll just be fine. So for now, I'm just a work in progress, but that's, that's, not, that's just an excuse. We still have a responsibility to do what the Word of God says for us to do. And if I'm growing spiritually, I'm going to be very uncomfortable the way I used to live. Very uncomfortable. Amen. Glory to God. And so we've got to be an example and a witness for Jesus. And not accept, maybe we are a hot mess, but don't accept your current condition. Know that it's subject to change and you have the ability to change it by doing number one and number two. <laughs> All right, so what's the number on a scale from one to ten? One being I haven't really told anyone about Jesus and I just do what other people around me do. And ten being I've told someone about Jesus and my actions show that I am a follower of Jesus. Only you know that number. And listen, the year's not over yet. You still got time to redeem yourself. If you haven't told anybody, go find someone. Ask God, God, you bring that person right in front of me if that's what it takes. And I will have a conversation with them about Jesus. And, and we can redeem. We can redeem the time. Hallelujah. Number four, over the past year, how has your church attendance and service to God been in church? You knew this was going to be part of this, right? <laughs> We are in church. Hebrews 10, 25, everyone can quote this because I think this is being quoted all around the world since COVID. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some has formed, have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. Hallelujah. We know that day is dawning. Amen. And so we're eager and excited about coming together. Have you consistently attended church this year? Have you brought your kids to church consistently? Uh, I worked in children's ministry for a number of years. And something that we noticed, and we would talk about this often, and you probably have too if you've worked any number of time in children's ministry. You know, the kids come and they start getting acclimated to the class. And they just start loving it. And you're like, yeah, Susie's here again two weeks in a row. You know, you're all excited, and then Susie's like, yeah, next week I want to take the offering, you know, and you're like, yeah. Then next week they're not in church, and Susie can't drive, so it ain't Susie's fault, you know, and it ain't, it ain't Harry's fault, you know, mama's fault or daddy's fault. So they don't come, and you're like, huh, I wonder where, wonder where she is. And then the next week comes, they're not here either. And then, you know, a month goes by, and, you know, they're called ring, ring, ring. I needed you to talk to Susie because Susie is not listening to me. She's talking to the pastor. Now the pastor's got to go talk to Susie. What's the problem? There has not been consistency in their lives. They haven't been, it's inconsistent. And I can surely tell you the way we do anything is the way we do everything. If the attendance is inconsistent, other things in life is inconsistent too. Because as one goes, so goes the other. If they would just leave Susie at church, maybe that stuff would work itself out. Maybe she missed the lesson on attitude three weeks ago when she wasn't there, right? And the, the homework that came along with it. And so uh, consistency is key. And so parents, it's so important to show up and have your kids in church because you don't know what they're going to hear that week that can change their lives. Change their lives. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, uh, how, uh, how often did you attend? Uh, let's see what else. 
Yeah, I have this too. Uh, if people can't commit and be faithful in church, it will show up in other areas of their life too. There's commitment issues in other areas. Uh, and so it's, it's a fact. I mean, we've seen it <laughs> over the years. Uh, if you're attending church, are you serving in church? It's one thing to attend and it's a whole other thing to get involved and own it. You up-level your church uh, attendance when you are involved. You come, you make your supply of the spirit and, and your talents, your treasures, everything about you, you make yourself available. And uh, God can really use you in, in every capacity that he wants to. Uh, and so uh, if you do serve in church, have you been faithful and consistent in your service to God at church? Have you showed up when you said you would? Have you served with excellence? Have you given your God, uh, God your best every time you served? I have to ask myself these questions. I know I'm here faithfully. I get that. But sometimes you could do less than, right? Excellent. Ah, we'll just put something. No. So I have to watch myself on that too. We want to make sure every time we step in this building uh, that we, we come and we have a spirit of excellence about us and we're still excited about doing it. Uh, do you think God is pleased with your church attendance and your service? And the answer to that may be a definite yes, which is awesome. This is something, this is, you know, I, in, in talking to people, I'm like, celebrate. And yeah, you can pat yourself on the back for, okay, I'm listening to God, I'm obeying. That's a good thing, right? That's a good thing. If there's nothing wrong, we don't celebrate those things, but we should, we should, because God sees it and he honors that because you're honoring him. And so uh, these are questions we can ask and answer uh, because attending church and serving God in church is part of a healthy and Christian, a growing Christian life. Amen, that's part of it. That's part coming together. Uh, Galatians 6.10, so then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are in the household of faith. Hallelujah. Every believer has received grace, has received grace gifts. This is in 1 Peter 4, verse 10 and 11. So use them to serve one another as faithful stewards of the many colored tapestry of God's grace. For example, if you have a speaking gift, speak as though God were speaking his words through you. If you have the gift of serving, do it passionately, passionately with the strength God gives you so that in everything, God alone will be glorified through Jesus Christ. For him, for to him belong the power and the glory forever throughout all ages. So the question, are you serving God passionately with the strength he gives you? Or are you doing it in your own strength? These are questions only you and I can ask and answer for ourselves. And the last one that we're going to look at is uh, over the past year, how's your generosity or your giving and receiving? Giving and receiving. You know, have you been consistent in tithing the 10% that God asks for? Have you given to those in need? Have you been giving offerings to God? Have you been impacting the kingdom with your giving? Have you seen an increase in your giving and receiving this year compared to last year? Do you track your seed so you can water it and know when you receive the harvest on it? Have you been intentional about your giving this year? We know in Malachi chapter 10, 3, verse 10, it says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Woo, 
Glory to God. Proverbs 3, verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Are you given your first fruits offerings? Proverbs 3, 27. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. Giving and receiving is the lifestyle of a growing and healthy Christian. That's, that's our lifestyle. And it just opens up the door to abundance for us. You know, we're doing this uh, Operation Christmas Child and the boxes are coming in. It's exciting. That's giving. That's part of you giving. And I know when you go shopping, it's fun to go shopping and do things like that. I, that's like my favorite thing to do, shop for someone else. Now, when it comes to shopping for me, I like shopping in general, but sometimes it's not fun. I like shopping for someone else. You know, if you tell me what to get, I really like going to the store and shopping for people. And I just, I want to be doing more of that. You know, oh, I think so-and-so would love this. I want to get this for them. I just think that uh, it just not only makes me feel good, but you know it's going to be a blessing to them as well. And I can't wait to see, uh, you know, the reports on how many boxes and things that uh, this uh, year's operation is going to generate. There was a church last, uh, last week that Tony Cook was at, and uh, they had several hundred uh, of the boxes up front, and they were praying for it. So we're going to pray for it. I said, oh, that's a good idea. We'll pray for those boxes before they leave this church. So we'll do that on Sunday. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm grateful for opportunities to give. And I know that you are too. We're a giving church. And we don't just say that in, by faith. <laughs> we don't just say that by faith. I mean, I, I do, you know, we have, our percentage is about uh, what most other churches are, half. A we have a little over half that tithe every week, a little over half. And so if you think about it, is there room for improvement? Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, because we all should be tithing, right? But like every, most every church in America, we're actually doing pretty good because we got a little 1% more than half of the people that come to church tithe. And so that's a good thing, and we can improve that. Amen? So talk to God this week. And, and, and the next few weeks and ask him, what are these things that I need to do to get before you? And just ask him, how do I, what do I need to do to change 2022? Here's the things I want to see in 2022. Here's what I want to see. Here's what I want to see happen in my life. Here's the goals that I have. How can I make that happen by making adjustments with what I'm doing now? So these are the habits we talk about often in this church because they are vital to our life in Christ. And when we avail ourselves to these daily practices, we're going to grow spiritually in our relationship with Jesus. We'll get closer to him. We'll draw strength from him to overcome the situations that we face. And the fruit that our life produces will increase. We'll think, speak, hear, and act on a higher level, thank God, which will cause our relationships to flourish and everything our hands finds to do will prosper. Amen? That's the kind of life I want to live. <laughs> That's the kind that you talk about a free life, a free life in Jesus. That's the kind of life I want to live. And so I'm grateful to God for the opportunity uh, that we have to come uh, before him and to take that inventory, to ask him, uh, you know, what is it this year that I need to work on? What is it uh, this year that I, I'm learning what have, you, what have you learned this year? And that's a good question to ask yourself. What have I learned this year? And it should be a lot. You know, if, if you're in the Word every day, you should be learning a lot. 
because uh, you can, and, and things that are going to be applicable to your life and help you grow. And so what have I learned? And what have I done with what I've learned? That's another good question. What am I doing with what I learned? Am I just sitting on the information? Am I an information hoarder? <laughs> just sitting on the information? Or am I sharing the gospel with people? You know, what am I doing with what I learned? And then, you know, what can I learn this year that I haven't learned yet? The year's not over yet. What, can, what else can I learn this year? And when we're open to that, and this is in every way. I mean, I do this also in the natural, but this is so important spiritually to be open to learning because when you learn, that is when you grow. And you may have read the Bible 40 times from front to back, but you, there's still so much you can learn from the Word of God. Every time I open the Word, and I, I love different translations. I love translations because, again, the more I read, the more it simplifies. Oh, that's what that word means <laughs> that I always stumble upon and wonder, what's that mean? It just becomes clear to me, and the verse totally changes the way I've always thought about it. And I see another way it applies to my life. And so, and then I can, oh, I can actually do this. I see how I can apply this and walk it out. And when you do that, my goodness, growth is, is accelerated. And so I'm, I'm excited about 2022. I know God has such wonderful things in store for us as a body, also individually. Uh, 2021 is not over yet, and we're finishing this year strong. Amen? We are finishing this year strong. And so I'm excited about the next uh, few weeks that we have. This is the year of the local church, still the year of the local church. You know what? Next year will still be the year of the local church. Uh, we may see, be seeing different things, but it will still be because these words build on each other. Amen. They build upon each other. And so uh, next year, I'm excited to know what's going in those screens because I know what's going in those screens, Patty. I know what's going in those screens and so uh, in those pictures. So I'm excited about it. We're going to keep our vision in front of us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right. We can say goodbye to the folks online. God bless you. We love you. And we'll